Hello, social workers, mental health professionals, and change agents. Welcome to another episode of Season 7 of the Social Work Advance Podcast. I'm your host, Bash Moreno. Saludos a todos. Greetings, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, tapping in wherever you are watching or listening to this podcast. I appreciate all the love and support. Gracias a todos por su apoyo. Um, I really appreciate it. Hope everybody is doing well out there. Um and I really uh, stay try to stay cool. It is uh, hot in <laughs> most of the country. Uh, hydrate yourselves, drink a lot of water. Um, at least in the U.S. or where wherever you at, wherever you're watching, make sure you stay safe, uh, hydrated, uh, stay cool as best you best you can. Um, you follow the podcast on all social media platforms. That, uh, at least the, I call it the traditional ones, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all podcasts on Instagram at the Social Work Rants Podcast. That's all one word. For, uh, I'm not scared of Elon, so follow the podcast on Twitter at Social Work Rants. I'm, I'm trying to help Elon, <laughs> Elon out, <laughs> even though he don't deserve it sometimes. So um, and follow the podcast on Facebook, a.k.a. Meta. And uh, just type in the Social Work Rants Podcast, hit that like button. And of course, YouTube, hit that red subscribe button. Or however you listen to podcasts, make sure you rate it, uh, subscribe, download episodes, however you consume the content. Uh, try to have a lot of different uh, amazing social workers on and even non-social workers. Try to educate fellow social workers, how you use transferable skills and, and different things not related to social work because there's more than one way to make money and it doesn't always have to be in social work. So um, that being said, uh, this podcast is uh, sponsored by Bad City Entertainment, LLC. My, um, my business, I'm focusing now in terms of providing financial education for people of color, you can follow uh, my business page at Bass City Consulting. Uh, this the summer of the uh, the change of the direction of, of uh, the business. So that that's that's in the works and, and making time for it is has been uh, kind of difficult, but we're making it happen. So uh, um, disclaimer: uh, this episode, uh, this podcast is for education purposes only or, or entertainment purposes only uh, if you are going through a crisis uh, please call 988 or call 911 go to your nearest emergency room call your, your if you have a therapist call your therapist if you have a psychiatrist call a psychiatrist go to your nearest ER for my out of the country uh, uh, watchers and viewers uh, or listeners of the podcast whatever your emergency services is phone number use that if you need to seek help it's okay uh, not to be okay just seek help and talk to somebody so we 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 love you we need you around so that that being said um talking about uh finances and social work a little bit uh pleasure to talk to, to taylor today taylor how you doing hey bass good to be here and, and chat with you I'm glad we we were we were able to connect and, and uh, I know. See, it it was thank 
we have to thank Twitter, unfortunately, for <laughs> having our. I keep, I keep telling people social work, <laughs> social work Twitter is is the bomb. Uh, I really want to say another word, but this episode is going to be on on YouTube, and I will I would like to achieve my goal of monetization. And so, I will not use the word I want to use, but Twitter it social work Twitter is the bomb. Uh, make, uh, it is the bomb. Yeah, um, it's it's really fun. Even though there's people, it hasn't been like really because of everything Elon's doing and then uh, threads came out <laughs> recently. So everybody jumped on the tr- threads, uh, the podcast with myself. I'm not on threads. I want to see how, how it yeah. is first and all the kinks and. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it was really, int- I'm on threads and it was really interesting when it came out and just looking at the interface and some of the features, they still have a lot of features that they want to add, but just, it looks exactly like twitter it's like how how twitter how it used to be that you actually could see the thread and i just i i don't understand how how other platforms can make an app that looks exactly like another one i don't i don't get that but anyways that's not what we're here to talk about (laughs) which is why elon supposedly wants to try to sue (laughs) (laughs) and don't really blame him if you got a case (laughs) agreed Let's go back how how it used to be. I'm, I'm, it's funny because I only got on Twitter because I got tired of, of got away to like ESPN Sports Center to mm-hmm. find out all like the breaking news or something like that. And then uh, like let me get on Twitter because <laughs> I got to find out in real time who, who signed where, like any free agents in the, in, with the sports. So that's how I and then kind of like evolved with with doing the podcast and you know social work Twitter and see all all these amazing people uh i would say like 98 percent of it, it it is amazing there's a lot of dope people i have dope people on because of, of twitter and so uh i still use it it has been my, my favorite platform so i'll still on it and rock it yeah same. Um, for my sports fans uh as, as soon as adam schefter and woge and shams they stopped breaking news on twitter then okay that'll be my, my time <laughs> my time be up on twitter but until then like uh, <laughs> I, I still i still rock it and any like negativity that that is on it that, that's what they have a, a mute button that's where like you just mm-hmm. delete <laughs> whatever yeah. so there, there's ways not to consume the the negative stuff unless something like really happens like Oh, shootings on this unnecessary killings or on on African Americans that you see the videos and, and all this stuff that's constantly happening and so uh, it doesn't matter what app it's not just Twitter you see it on any app and that'll be on your feed and like so it's uh definitely take your your social media breaks if you need to in terms of uh self-care but this episode we're gonna focus on uh social work and and money uh and there's ways to make money there's the myth is uh there's no money in social work you use your transferable skills and skills that you learn in your journey to social work and think outside the box and you know part of my podcast is the ways to think outside the box and and you can listen to past episodes i've had entrepreneurs who are not social workers making money in real estate and you know we could do project management and you know, buildings and you know, we talk to people every day so we could use that that's one example using social work skills and get into real estate doing that way and probably making more money 
doing that than a whole entire year <laughs> in a social work salary. So depending what state you're in. So um we can go on and on. Say, Taylor, let, let people know who you are and what you're doing in a wonderful, challenging field of social work. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Taylor. I live in the Pacific Northwest, and I am five years post-grad school. So currently, I work in the organ transplant field, and most of my career has been in medical social work. I've done a little bit of therapy, worked in hospice worked in hospitals and yeah now working in the organ transplant field really love where I'm at and then on the side I am also a social media manager for a um a shopping center uh in the state where I live I live in Oregon so for a, a shopping center in Oregon and then my passion project is my personal finance blog which is Social Work to Wealth. And that is where I document my husband and I's uh, debt payoff journey. So last year we started off with $277,000 worth of debt and most of it is student loans and we are nowhere close to paying it off. But last year I was just learning a lot about personal finance and wanted to share what I've been learning. And so the goal of the blog is to educate social workers to feel financially empowered, financially well, and just have a better relationship with their money. And this month is one year, uh, it, my one year blog anniversary. So well, congrats. Thank you. So that's really exciting. And yeah, I've met some, met some great people along the way, including you. And so Glad to be here to talk social work and talk money because it's such a taboo topic in yes. society. It's such a taboo topic, I feel like, in the social work field. You know, we're just, we're all in this because we want to help and it's not about the money, but it is about the money. We we need to pay our bills and, and yes. we need to, you know, we need to live good lives too, so so yeah, excited to be here and, and chat so, money. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. Like I said at the beginning, I'm glad we're able to to connect and and I, I'm on a similar path in terms of my my business and kind of use my personal finance journey to try to help others. Uh, I kind of really started uh, during COVID and uh, just learning. Investing in the stock market for the first time, or you know, purchase purchase my my home in twenty twenty one, but learn like how to like do. I've been doing my homework about Delaware. I was dating my wife like twenty twenty sixteen. I started coming to Delaware like twenty I want to say twenty seventeen twenty eighteen, and just kind of looked around and see like new homes being built from scratch and like new communities being built and. And kind of learning like what the real estate market is, just real estate in general, kind of really see what it is and what helps related to social work because I've done like um, case management related to to housing and talked to you know uh, building ma building owners, building building managers, supers regarding the you know housing social work that that I've done. So I was already kind of tapped in into that and. and my my dad has has a history of, of painting and like plastering apartments. He did that for a long time. So 
kind of like kind of see even like I've done like housing inspections for <laughs> in social work so kind of like kind of use that and put it into practice for my and then when the time came of like we're moving and then got all the paperwork together to for the purchase and the importance of personal credit you know being good and, and which helped uh because I saw the interest rate is almost at seven percent currently, and I got my yeah. my house at like two point seven five percent. So I was wow. like, <laughs> so um, amazing, and, yeah. and, it, and it's locked, so it doesn't matter. That's currently seven percent. My rate will be two point seven five percent as long as I have the mortgage. So it's, yeah, that's amazing. We bought a house in twenty twenty and had no idea about you know the housing buying process it was just a lot a lot of work but we were very lucky in that we got a three percent interest rate which mm -hmm. is unheard of now yes. i i think the ability to you know to have access that we had access to those lower interest rates and that definitely helped us qualify for a mortgage and if we were trying to buy a house right now we wouldn't qualify because these interest rates, the housing prices, it's just, it's ridiculous. And my husband's in school. And so it's just my income. Mm -hmm. um, even though I make a, a decent salary, I, I I still don't think I'd be able to qualify because of the interest rates and the prices. Right. And and there's very little inventory, even like nationwide. So it's, are you, you know, competing with other people and like somehow people got money, like just cash and pay for a house in cash or at least most of it in cash so it's like kind of it's really fascinating to kind of see where, where the market is uh currently or it has or it has been and um how it related to social work um you know i've been talking about housing quite a bit on the, on the podcast and, and especially in the post-covid era more we seen more foreclosures. We seen more evictions. I just saw in New York that a whole bunch of people are are in the process of being being evicted because a lot of people just didn't pay their rent. So now they're going to housing court now and, and try to get uh if you heard the terminology one shot deals so through like the local social services, then they're being denied for one shot deals. Uh, so now they're facing evictions. So because Think about it, like, let's say December 20, 2021 to currently you haven't paid your rent and your, your rent, say, $1,500, you know, do the math. And so they, they, no Department of Social Service, at least currently uh, in July 2023, even has the money to to pay that. And you, if you do get qualified for one shot deal, you got to pay that money back somehow. So otherwise, you whatever benefits or whatever you're going to be they're going to recoup you like whatever so it's uh, not a good time um and i'm warning everybody who does private practice uh anybody in case management stuff you uh, anybody who deals with medicaid with medicaid dollars uh you bill for medicaid services be prepared for a lot of no shows be prepared to really do some case management work in your private practice stuff because this is real life situation you know food stamps going to be cut in different states so depending what state you're in it would be worse than others so just be prepared have, 
have your agencies be prepared because it, it, it's coming and nobody in the government, uh, not, not, not Joey B, nobody, no, Robert Nett's not talking about it. No, no nobody, uh, unless they get, next year he'll talk about it because he wants to vote. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, you know, it's it, it's coming. So we still got a recession. We got inflation going on so it's it's a lot that that's happening and affects social work it affects like our finances uh, we got student loans unfortunately we got payback uh come october <laughs> so it's that was that was really really disappointing along with everything else that was yes. announced that week it's just yeah i know a lot of social workers myself included have a ton of student loans and even though you know 10,000 20,000 may not have been a lot for some people you know because of the amount it's just it really would have you know helped a little bit and so it's it's definitely disappointing that that's not going to come to fruition and, and even and even if like you despite the close to seven percent interest rate on a house that you still wanted to, to purchase on a house uh 1020k knocked off whatever student amount of student loan you got might help uh, a couple points toward, mm-hmm. toward towards your credit um even the first stimulus check that that we got I put it. I put the whole thing in, in the student loans. I'm like, no, because I, I was in the process of trying to purchase a house and mm-hmm. hope that that's the income ratio. I was like really focused on yeah. that and like I'm gonna do this. Like if we're gonna get more, which we did, we ended up getting more stimulus checks. Okay, the first one I'll spend spend it towards the student loans. Okay, that's it, and then the rest I do <laughs> do whatever. But. Um, all all this kind of plays a factor in what we do in real life stuff, clients that we see in, and you know, it just really affects. Like I said, it really affects us and and some of the work that that some of us do in the field. It affects day to day clients and stuff that, mm-hmm. that needs to needs to be talked about. You know, it may not be on your local news, it may not be on the national news, but. You know, your local politicians might be not be talking about it, but you know, this is real life stuff that that's happening day day in day out. So, uh, that's for for social work students that listen, and just all the social workers that listen. Just uh, just be mindful of what exactly is going on and pay and pay attention. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to talk a little bit, you know, uh, like. I know fi- financial literacy kind of been like the the big buzz. Like we all shut down, and then all of a sudden, you know, financial literacy kind of <laughs> like kind of took off, <laughs> um, really on, on on the forefront. And you know, see all these IG gurus talking about finances. Everybody's home. Everybody on on, on <laughs> IG. Everybody on on the, on the Twitter machine and just talking about finances and almost became like. Uh, information overload so describe how like your process and how you you know we'll, we'll get to your job because the job is, is fascinating and mm-hmm. I'll share a personal story related to to your work um but describe like your your blog what what made you start it like like tell a little bit about your journey yeah so it was December 2021 my one of my best friends and I we went to breakfast with a coworker of ours and she 
was telling us about high yield savings accounts. So those who are not familiar, high yield savings accounts, they have 10 times the uh, interest rate than your regular savings account. So I have I have one high yield savings account and it's 4% interest rate versus, you know, one of the, my intro, one of my first high savings accounts, it was 0.01%, you know, so you're getting like three cents a month. And so, you know, she's talking to us about high yield savings accounts. And I just was shocked that I was, you know, I was 27, 28. And I just, I couldn't believe that I hadn't heard about this before. It seemed just kind of like a no brainer. Why wouldn't I put my money in a high yield savings account? It doesn't make sense. So after that, I was just like, what else do I not know about personal finance? And I got a little obsessed. I still, I still am obsessed with personal finance, but so I, am reading- I. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was reading a lot, reading a lot of blogs, a lot of books, watching videos. I took an investing course. I was just kind of like all in and I just, you know, learned a ton about different ways you can manage your money, different ways you can budget, how to responsibly use a credit card, how to leverage credit card points, you know, for travel. I love traveling. Um, I learned about debt payoff. You know, I had a ton of debt. We, My husband and I, you know, most of our $277,000 worth of debt was student loans. It's not 277 anymore. It's around like 250, but it's still mostly student loans. And so learning about how to approach debt, you know, I, I felt like I used to be someone that was always kind of with the mindset of I'll always have student loans. I just, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm never going to retire, you know, kind of like that, those sentiments to saying to myself and and coming across people who were were saying like, no, you, you can be debt-free. You can retire early. You, you know, here are ways to pay off your debt and invest. I learned so much about investing. I was someone who, you know, I dreamed of retiring early, but when I actually looked at how much I was investing, those things weren't, you know, the amount I was investing was never going to get me to where I wanted to be. And I never really kind of like looked at that. And so I just was learning a ton and wanted to share it with the world because we don't really talk about money. You know, I learned a little bit about money from um, my mom. She's she's great with money. And um, but there was just still some gaps in my knowledge. And so I. I love talking about taboo things. Apparently I like talking about death. I like talking about money. It's just, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know why, but I. The most wanted... taboo you could think of is <laughs> money and death. I know. So I just which wanted. Go, to... Which goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I just wanted to share it with the world. So I, I developed this, you know, started this blog. It used to be called goodbye wine to five. And then I wanted to make it a little bit more social work kind of like focused. And I felt like my journey as a social worker was really informing, you know, my writing and my experience. And so um, I, yeah, changed it to social work to wealth. And now I document 
you know, our experience, our numbers, real numbers, you can go on there and just see like how much debt we have, what credit cards, what student loans, what this, what that. And I just really want to be transparent with people because I think we need a lot more transparent conversations around money. We need a lot of more conversations in the social work space around money, in the um, communities of color, you know, so just excited to be sharing my journey and hope that it helps people along the way. So last year we were able to pay off $17,000 of our debt. So uh, right now we only have student loans. We did have like, we were paying off a Peloton, some furniture, we had some credit cards and some other stuff. And so we've gotten rid of all of that. And so now it's just our student loans that we're, we're tackling. So we got, we got a, we got some ways to go because like I said, I think we have about like 250,000 left between my husband and I. And so, yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to sharing it with, with people and hope they can apply some of the tips and lessons that I shared to their own life. What, where, where could people find that blog at? Socialworktowealth.com. Or if you're on Instagram, I'm uh, pretty active on Instagram at social work to wealth or Twitter uh, at soch s o c to wealth. Awesome, yeah, uh, yes, yeah, very taboo in, in our black and brown communities. Some sometimes you know, you know, you can't help not know what you don't know, and then you have kids and you you pass down the very little that you know, and it's like, it's up to the next generation to try to figure it out. I think now is probably like the best time ever that to you know gain the knowledge. You know, even my kids, you know, I have a 14 year old son and 11 year old daughter. My daughter's like, why are you always looking at like finance stuff? Cause I'm trying <laughs> to like learn to, to, to help us like to, to, to level up and, and improve yeah. like our, our, our lives. And we want to go on trips or, Right. I got I got pay for school somehow or you you want to go to college if you want to go to college and somehow we can figure out how, how we're going to how we're going to achieve that or otherwise mm -hmm. you, you have to work extra hard to get an academic scholarship somehow or, and right. you do the extra work and do it uh, so it's just you know the important is out there like there's so there's so much stuff out there it's just a matter of uh, finding good accurate uh, knowledge which has recently been a little tricky um and the time like yeah I, finding the time for it that's really been like the, the the most difficult thing yeah I I got a new job last year and I felt like I had a really good kind of balance between work and leisure time and I have a lot more time off than I than I ever have and so that kind of I had more mental capacity to, you know, consume personal finance material. And I know that a lot of social workers are just, just tired at the end of the day. I was in my last job and it's hard to find the time or the mental energy to sit and, you know, read a personal finance book or watch mm -hmm. a class or whatever. And so I hope that, you know, I share little tidbits on Instagram and through my blog, just to, you know, try to make it a little bit easier to consume for many of our social workers who are tired and burnt out. Mm -hmm. so, 
Not yeah. that it, it isn't you know, important because, like you said, you know, a lot of us have been working tirelessly beyond. I would say beyond burnt out. Um, <laughs> we're, beyond, still, we're crisp. We're real crisp. Still, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um and it's just a lot, you no, know, especially like like I mentioned, you know, we in a, a post-COVID era is still like the beginning stages of like the aftermath of COVID. Going through COVID was one thing, but now like the aftermath for uh you know, people like like I mentioned, people losing their housing, you know, insurance situations is going on, like pol- political like unrest that's that's been happening even before COVID, but uh you know kind of took like another level with with COVID. Now we got you know sky high prices and you know gas prices, the inflation's going it's come down a little bit, but people people are not making the money that they were making before or the money that they had is not reaching for their basic needs. So mm-hmm. that and that's affecting everybody, social workers in, included. So, uh, mm-hmm. and that we we're, we're having a hard time trying to help ourselves, and that we out there in the field help trying to help our clients, like with budgeting and all this stuff. Like we barely try to be able to budget ourselves from the money we get from working, trying to help the clients. So, oh it's... my gosh, I know. <laughs> yeah, that is that is something that I I think I definitely struggled with before finding this new job that I have where I have a better schedule and, you know, just feel like living paycheck to paycheck, got a ton of credit card debt and just trying to, you know, stay afloat and manage work and all the the stress that comes with that. And then financial stress, which just adds, you know, another layer of exhaustion to our lives. I feel like social workers are just so we're just emotionally drained and sometimes it's hard to find the time to recharge and self-care ain't going to do it. I just posted this the other day. I was like, <laughs> social workers do not need self-care. We need higher wages and smaller caseloads. Like everyone needs self, everyone who is alive on this planet needs self-care. Like it's just, it's a, it seems like a basic thing to me. Like we need to eat and drink water. Like I don't know why self-care and social work, you know, kind of um, are, are related and, and talked about in the same, uh, in the same breath, but we need more money so that we can take more time off and, you know, do the things that we love outside of work. No, I, I love that. And, and there's, there's a, a lot of, a lot of truth into that uh, because yeah, we, we need to, we need more more wages. We uh, the the student loan thing. I I starting to like do some research to a little bit as to understand why the ten k twenty k wasn't paid off and why our student loans are probably not ever gonna be uh, for, mm-hmm. <laughs> forgiven. Um, but it is still like we've been out here like helping people and risking our own lives to help people and it's like like the least you could do is like cancel <laughs> I always initially I, initially oh. initially, I, initially I always said was like don't cancel everybody focus on like doctors <laughs> social workers nurses <laughs> teachers firefighters lawyers and police officers 
Mm-hmm. And if you want to get your, you have debt, student loans, and you're not in one of those professions, now it's time to make that switch because people, people still, people still, uh, police forces are still like looking for people. People still looking for firefighters. That mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, police officers get killed in line of duty every day. Like firefighters get killed, so there's always they're always going to need people. Always going to need new recruits and. Cities are expand are expanding. Like you know, people leaving big cities and smaller cities, are, you know, they're gonna need more, more of those in those professions. So you gotta, you gotta be in it to to win it and get these student loans paid. So that that's always been my 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 thing. So okay. even though the even though the government got it to 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 pay for everybody, but <laughs> they don't want to. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, especially recently, they don't have they don't have. <laughs> no, but uh, I want to get into your your uh, your organ uh, transplant field. How how'd you get into that? Oh yeah. Um. So before this job, I was working at a hospital. So I started working at that hospital in September, 2020. And so mm. definitely, you know, experienced some COVID surges through that. And we, as social workers, I'm bringing it back to money for, for a moment. Cause I just, mm-hmm. it's, it's always a, it's always a part of, uh, always a part of my journey. So my coworkers and I were starting to talk about our salaries with each other, being transparent, talking numbers, and we began we began figuring out that the kind of pay between all of us was not equitable. So we started to kind of have some make some efforts towards you know advocating for more pay, and you know we. In the end, I'll just kind of skip to the end. We were successful in getting uh, everyone in, every, all the social workers in our health system a twenty percent raise with oh, nice. this letter that we wrote. Essentially, it was a demand letter saying, "Like we're tired, we want more money. These are this is a list of things we want: more money, we want sign-on bonuses, we want, you know, educational um, kind of stipends, and it just it was great, but." My manager at the time was at first supportive in our efforts and then not so supportive. And she, in one meeting, said to us, like, you know, you guys are replaceable, right? And that that was just the catalyst of me leaving that hospital because mm. I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that that she, she said that. So I began looking online and I found this job in the organ donation field, talking to families about organ donation. And it kind of hit all the things that I really like working in the hospital systems, but I'm not working for the hospital. We work for all of, we work with all of the hospitals in our service area. And, you know, it talked about supporting individuals through grief, which is my passion my other passion. And so I, you know, put out, put out my resume and, and now I'm a year and a half in. Oh, nice. Um, so let's, so let, 
take a step back real quick. So it is 2020, you're dealing with COVID in the hospital, mm-hmm. and which is, I'm, I'm sure, extremely traumatic. Mm-hmm. And got a supervisor that's supposed to be supportive on a just on a regular, but <laughs> you're in a hospital. It's surges of COVID happening, and won't be disrespectful. <laughs> like, just basically gave you the, the three strikes for you to be out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was really surprising because, you know, we had pre- we we had a coworker who had left to another hospital system and it was kind of known in our in our area that our hospital system was the lower paying for social workers and so, you know, that per- coworker who left was telling us, "Hey, this is how much money I'm making over here." And we're all just like, "Wow." That's significantly more than a lot of us, you know. So we're talking to our manager and she's agrees with us that we should be paid more she's also a social worker she was new she was a new manager and so that's kind of like what's you know sparked our conversations with each other and I really appreciate and and commend my fellow co-workers at that time that were willing to be open and honest about their salary because that's really hard to do Um, yes it is especially at work yeah and so we you know, kind of band together and had some meetings and wrote this letter. And, um, you know, it was kind of a surprise to many of us that our manager had those sentiments, you know, about us being replaceable. We're not essential. We're not essential workers to the hospital, which is absolute just wrong. And so, yeah, I just... I couldn't work for that person anymore. I I needed to leave, like not feeling valued or that I'm yeah an essential part of this this system. Right is yeah just not non negotiable. How to get out of it? I would have done the exact same thing too. <laughs> um, are you open to share what 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 you saw during twenty twenty in the hospital? Like how like how was that for you? Yeah, um I gosh, let me let me go back and in, into my archives because that feels like so long ago, 2020. It it does, but it, it and it doesn't at the same time cuz mm-hmm. I think about what I went through in 2020 and it's like wow. Like I'm not even like the same person in in, in a lot of ways. Uh, mm-hmm. it, in other ways it's just like still trying to like kind of like recoup regroup yeah. from, from it yeah absolutely I think you know we we were very very busy there was there was a time it was right before I came that the hospital was really slow because people were afraid to go to the hospital they mm-hmm. didn't they just didn't know and then you know towards kind of like the end of 2020 the hospital was just slammed and we did have a lot of COVID patients, you know, going, having to go into COVID rooms and, you know, doing full PPE, or we have a section, you know, a, a part, a section of the hospital sectioned off for COVID only patients, you know, that's having so many people waiting in the emergency department, waiting to, you know, get seen, waiting to be admitted 
to the hospital and it was just it was very chaotic and I worked on the med surge floor. So I did discharge planning mm-hmm. and then I rotated down in, into the emergency department doing behavioral health assessments. And so it was just, it was just busy. And, you know, the, my coworkers were stressed to the max, overworked to the max, you know, we're bringing in travelers because, we can't find enough staff. The hospital isn't paying nurses the way they should. And so nurses are leaving, but then they're bringing in travelers and they're paying these travelers more. And and now people are leaving. Now more people are leaving because how can you pay the travelers more than you pay your actual staff? And it was just, it was definitely, definitely rough. I don't, after leaving that job, I realized like, wow, that wasn't, I mean, I, I kind of knew it while I was in it, but leaving really just a lot of weight, a lot of weight off my shoulders and and realizing that, that just working in the hospital during that time, even now, it's just, it's not a healthy, it's not a healthy environment from what I've experienced. Yeah. And so, some sometimes we in a profession kind of have to go through not like a super dramatic experience like like COVID and, and deal with sick patients and and patients like your caseload dying from from a own virus but still like sometimes we had to go through we had to go through some stuff and realize that the this uh population or definitely the, the agency or something similar is not for me and try to look for something else so you and sometimes you you go to the interview to be like, oh, oh this is going to be like this, it's going to be like this, and then you get there, then you open up the case records or whatever, and it's <laughs> like, then you really see <laughs> the real deal, what's happening, then you're like, what are you getting myself into? And then, like, you got to make a decision, you just like, you stick it out, or, or yeah. and then we go we go back to the finances, like, sometimes you got to think where, where, where your wallet, how, 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 long, <laughs> how long can I stick this out? And, like, I said, yeah. I pay, pay bills and insurance and, and... Really. yeah I saw I just saw someone on Twitter the other day saying that she said I just started this job it was a social worker I just started this job about two weeks ago and I'm about to put in my two weeks on Friday like it's I, I did see that this ain't it you know and she's like but, but I feel bad yeah I was like don't feel bad if you gotta leave yes yes I did see you I did see you comment on that yeah you know I I think that's a common a common experience that we have as social workers where it's just like oh well what are they gonna do you know who's gonna cover my stuff and that isn't your problem like you know I know many of our clients are vulnerable and you you know it's 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 nice if you can put kind of like some systems in place so that your you know, caseload or whoever doesn't really feel your absence, but sometimes we just need to take care of ourselves. Like we as social workers are so putting others first, putting, putting others, everything, you know, above ourselves. And sometimes you just gotta, you gotta put yourself first. No, absolutely. Uh, it's just, just stress and everything will just take a toll on your body and your mind and you end up going to the hospital you, you're yourself and 
Now, now you stuck with a with a hospital bill because <laughs> yeah, insurance yeah. is going to pay only so much, and now you stuck with an ER bill yourself. So it's like going going back to finances. So it, it sure happened to me one time. I I fainted at work one time and and went to the ER. Just was like work stress and just life stress was happening kind of all together. And initially, I thought it was just like the coffee and bagel combination like made my stomach messed up but nope like it, it was something wow. else <laughs> mm-hmm. and like a whole, whole dramatic scene like <laughs> they had an ambulance taking me across the street to the hospital <laughs> that's intense and luckily I didn't crack my head open because I was conscious enough to like hold on to the wall and kind of like slowly go down to the floor and wasn't conscious enough to to explain like what happened like I wasn't completely like I was knocked out for like a hot second and like came to real quick but like, you know mm-hmm. that's that stuff that stuff happens so it's like really it, gotta, it, it does take a toll and like especially like you mentioned you had a supervisor and not supportive and that's basically at the job I had as a supervisor that if I could could avoid him I, at all costs I would have and I tried <laughs> It just wasn't. It was was not a good a good mm-hmm. fit. Like the work itself wasn't hard, but just the supervisor <laughs> make the work harder. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. And you know, I'm, I I I've been tempted to to do a whole episode about that experience, but like I I don't. For me, I don't like to like burn bridges at a job, and, and I wanna. And I want to have like one of my former coworkers come in because he, he did a great impersonation of the supervisor, <laughs> and I <laughs> to really give like the full experience. <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh man, that would be good. But I get you about the burning bridges. I know I'm. I talked a little bit, you know, about my previous work, and so we'll see. I think it'll be okay. But yeah, yeah. Whatever. Now and then going back to um, you know, the organ transplant, like you know, even like my dad had his had a kidney transplant. Wow. Going like fifteen years ago, so I know like <laughs> like he got he got more lives than a cat. Like <laughs> so, it's <was> like <laughs> and despite being auto autoimmune, like uh, there've been times I've talking about finances that I've called, been tempted to call CDC. It was like, y'all need to like <laughs> research his body <laughs> for a fee because this whole time he did not get COVID at one time. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And despite like, and I haven't caught it since like the very beginning before it was actually n- knew it was COVID. Um, and the whole time I haven't gotten it either since. So it was like, Test, test me for a fee. <laughs> it paid on this is the student loans. <laughs> <laughs> that's really that's really amazing to hear about your dad and um you know him getting a, a transplant. I think this is work that I never really kind of considered or even knew existed until I saw the job posting and then talking to the manager and it was kind of mind-blowing to hear that of course there's an agency who is you know working with the donors working with the families 
you know, and I just, I never thought about it. And it's, uh, when I talk to people about it, I frequently hear that they either themselves, someone in their family, one of their friends, you know, has gotten a transplant, like, yeah, organ transplant really, really touches many, many lives. Yeah. Now, do you work with, with, with clients that be on a list for something for a long period of time and like do some like counseling on um, like if somebody's like really anxious, like I need something be on a list for years or like how, what's your day to day like? Yeah. So uh, I work 12 days a month and I work 24 hour shifts because I need to be available. So we'll, I'll work like two, two or three days in a row and I'll just be on call for, for that stretch of time. And I don't work with the recipients. I work with the donors and their families. And so the donors are typically in an ICU They're They have a ventilator and they've either died on the ventilator and they're still, you know, the, the ventilator is still on or they have, you know, after the ventilator has been, if the ventilator is removed, they will die fairly quickly. And so I work with the families of those patients who are in the hospital and talk with them about their person being an organ donor, you know, informing them if their person is a registered donor, walking them through that process, if they would like to kind of move forward with donation my role is to support them through the organ donation process, which, you know, takes anywhere from one to four days to be completed. So I'm in a lot of hospitals, a lot of travel. We cover a pretty big service area. So sometimes we're driving places, sometimes we're flying commercial or oh, wow. we fly on, um, we have like a private plane that we also rent sometimes. So a lot of travel. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of hospital, I, I, I'm still in the hospital, which I really like. I just don't work specifically for, you know, one hospital, which I really like because I don't, I don't experience the stresses of, oh, staffed, oh, the, you know, we're really full or someone called out or whatever. I'm just there to work with the, the donors families. So it's really, it's really amazing. And it's, rewarding to kind of see the impact of no you know to family's grief knowing that their loved one is able to is is going to be able to save the life of another person it's it's life-changing for for everyone involved no yeah now do you you work with families like like somebody you know coming in or someone who's already a donor and um who's already like deceased or they are just they come into the hospital like you said in the ICU or under pass away the latter so to be eligible to be an organ donor you have to be in the hospital on a ventilator minimum Mm -hmm. So it's it's definitely not like it is in the movies where you think oh if I just get in a car accident like I I want to donate my organs and it's, yeah, you have to be in the hospital on a ventilator because your organs kind of need that oxygen mm. to be transplantable. Gotcha. Wow, that, 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 I'm like mind blown right now. That's fascinating, <laughs> fascinating work. 
I know. I mean, when I first heard about it, it was, I, I kind of felt the the same way and it's been a nice merging of all of the things that I love to do. I've always, you know, I was a hospice social worker for a little bit. I've done some grief counseling and I enjoy doing medical social work, being in the hospitals. And so it's kind of a nice merging of all of my interests. And then on top of that, you know, kind of seeing how rewarding and fulfilling it is for families. Like I said, knowing that their person can save the life of, of someone else. And so it's, it's really amazing. It's an amazing experience to, to be a part of. And, and the, the potential of the time that, that you're just on, on call to focus on the blog and, and the the side business yeah sometimes I you know we're not busy and my boss is pretty great and she's like if you're not on if you're not on a case then you can do whatever you want sort of you know within reason so I do you know I don't have a ton of downtime when I'm working but since I work 12 days a month that's giving me a lot of time to to you know kind of explore other things so that's last year I started this job in January and so having this job's really given me the ability to put a lot of time into the blog and and writing which all of it is a lot more work than I expected but it's really fun so yeah very very grateful to have this have this situation yeah no no that that's that's great and kind of goes back to like managing your time and you know finding the time and, and do all the research mm-hmm. that you want to do with, with, with yeah. the blog and, and yeah it's given me the you know I've I have enough time off where I get to rest and mm-hmm. have you know the mental energy to read some more you know personal finance books write about what's going on with our situation make you know content for Instagram and just share the information what's what's like the like the give me like a top like three best things that you've read in terms of like personal finance yeah books yeah you could give books okay I my favorite personal finance book right now is called finance for the people by Paco de Leon and I think that book really gives a good balance of, you know, giving you actionable kind of tips and tricks to to implement in your own life while also recognizing that there's systematic, you know, barriers to people succeeding in this personal finance space. And so I really like how kind of they merge both of those topics. So I think a lot of social workers would really would really like that book. There's another one, um, I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi, and um, his kind of writing style is very blunt, and so if you get your feelings hurt easily, I would not recommend that book, but it's like there's a ton of great information in there too, so I think I would say probably starting with those two, and after that, I think you will have a real you know, real leg up in, um, your, your personal finance knowledge. I also made this, it's like a 15 page guide. It's on my Instagram. You can 
check it out in the links, uh, the link in my bio on Instagram. But essentially, it's kind of a, a way to jumpstart your journey. It's called Seven Tips to Jumpstart Your Personal Finance Journey. And it's all of the information and and resources that I wish I had when I first started my journey. Cause they're like we talked about earlier, there's so much information online and it's kind of hard to, like you said, know what you don't know. And so I made this guide to, you know, just kind of help people get a starting point in their journey when they don't, you know, know where to look. And so I have that on Instagram. There's a couple like worksheets in there as well and some book recommendations so if you know reading a book right now is really overwhelming then I definitely recommend you know getting the guide from my profile and starting there and if anyone ever has questions please feel free to message me because I'm here to help yeah that uh, I, I really uh I like that and it's so and so needed like myself i started in social work for the income because i needed a job so i was like what do you mean you started what do you mean you started in social work for the income well because initially i i got a bachelor's degree in communications majoring and minoring in uh, education so i went through a temp agency and they Hmm. recommended me a job and it ended up and I wasn't working I was unemployed this was like literally a couple months after 9-11 and so I was like I take any job I need some money in my pocket so <laughs> the job ended up being a foster care agency Woo. Uh, as a temp worker on top of that wow making 825 an hour what year was this 2002 wow and then it got bumped up to a fifty because I spoke Spanish. I spoke Spanish. Oh, okay. The, the Spanish differential <laughs> oh, increase. Yeah. And then I, I was like six months, and they changed human resources directors during that time. And then like their six months, I'm like, I'm gonna do six months, and then like if they don't put me on on a permanent salary I'm just going to leave so they finally put me on permanent and did another two and a half years of like I can't do it anymore and I, and I left so wow first social work jobs yeah my first social work job was in 2018 and I was a mental therapist and I made forty thousand dollars and I remember calling my dad and my stepmom and being like, do I have to accept this? You know, I didn't have any other job offers and I tried to negotiate and, you know, my, my family, they were like, yeah, yeah, you should take it. Like there's benefits. And I was just like, okay, I guess I'm, I'm making $40,000, you know, and in school I was hoping, you know, at least 60, that would make me really happy. And so I was very disappointed with with forty thousand dollars. I just it, it felt insulting it's... having a master's degree and, and getting paid that much. I could barely save. It was it was rough. Yeah, and and you said that classic B word that uh, family yeah. members of color <laughs> like to throw in our faces. 
the You're there for the benefits. benefits. The benefits. The benefits. All about the benefits. My mom and dad both are there. benefits. All in Spanish. Benefits. So like, yeah. I know. I know. If I ever, you know, explore. If ever, if I ever go off into an entrepreneurial journey, I mean, I'm in it now, and I'm still gonna work my W two for, for the foreseeable future. But I know when I try to leave, if I ever, that's definitely gonna be something that is is gonna be talked about. The benefits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I I have seen some people saying, you know, not all social workers make terrible salaries, and. I do agree with that. You know, right now I, I'm I'm making eighty four thousand dollars at the nice. at the job that I'm at, and so, um, you know, it's definitely possible to to not be a struggling social worker. Although there are many, but I think that's also kind of a a misconception in this field that if you're a social worker, you you can't make you can't make good money. And I'm here to tell you that. That's not true. How and I will say that this has happened because I've been able to. Well, I'm in medical social work on the West Coast. Like that's his. It pays well, and every job that I took, I, I job hopped a little bit in the in the past five years. I've had four different jobs. And, oh my god, we got a lot in common. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been able to increase my salary every time, and I think that's definitely under an underrated you know, thing of job hopping. Some people, you know, don't really, don't really think that's a a good practice, but I have, I have seen that my new employers, they don't really care. They just want to know that you're going to come show up and and be a great worker and and a good asset to the team. And so to anyone who's listening, if you're ready to leave, send out those resumes. Just do it. And even in the job interviews, just be upfront and honest with why you left the job. The worst case scenario is that you don't you don't get the job. But I've been, especially the last interview for the job that I'm working now, I was, you no, know, you no know, mentioning like I was going to get married in a couple, in, in like a few weeks, like planning my wedding. I was like just coming from like a job where like. I couldn't stand the job, like the, the social work, the school social work job, and like the mm-hmm. dramatic experiences that I, I was going through like, at, at mm-hmm. the job, and and you know not having like you know supported like supervisor and all this stuff, and like the job before that that I had. So and and then the job and what I had in New York because most of my experience was at New York at the time, and, and experience like going through COVID and like. Lost, mentioned lost my mom, lost clients, and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So it's like, you know, kind of like had Frank and the person who like talked to me was he's in the early seventies, you know, straight shooter. So it was like was able to kind of like the tone of the conversation was to have like a legit like real conversation for that. So mm-hmm. uh, that played a part too. But at the same time, like just be honest with, with the job I've had. From 2020, I left probably like 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 four or five five jobs as well. Hmm. When yeah. Pandemic happened. Like I was working in New York. I left like literally left October 19th, October 20th, 2020. I started a new job in a new state. <laughs> yeah. Are you still commuting like an hour and a half or whatever? Yeah, I am. Ooh, that's rough. 
Uh, I, I, I've been doing it forever. Just just public transportation was my way to go before. Oh. And I used to live in New Jersey and work in New York. So sometimes mm. it took me like almost two hours to yeah. get to work. So the only difference is I'm driving now. Which still kind of sucks too, because yeah, that's a lot of gas and wear and tear on my on my car that's only like two years old. <laughs> so it was like, but you know, I'm I'm making it work, and my feet are be killing me. I got bone spurs in my feet, and that long drive is does not help my feet. <laughs> Ow! Sounds like someone <laughs> looking for a new job, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I'll I'll suck it out because the it's like this is the money. The money is the. The the, <laughs> the money is the most money I've made in social work. Wow! It, it, it's also the cost of living is different. So between Delaware and compared to another state, so salary wise, could be making more. But because it's Delaware, like, and unless you're like a LC working somewhere, you mm-hmm. make make more money or doing something like remote in tech doing something that's just probably for what I've seen make more money than what I'm currently doing right now and all the clients come to me so the only wear and tear on my body is the the drive to work oh okay so uh, compared to school social work that was literally, literally chasing kids in the hallway I can't you know? <laughs> so a whole wonderful change <laughs> That's good. That's good, at least. Okay. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just drive drive every day with my music and singing top of my lungs, driving and cursing out my fellow drivers on <laughs> the way. And, and... Kind of nice to have a, a drive and just kind of zone out and listen to your music or podcast or whatever. I, I wish my car was able to, like, to, like, the my wife's car I could I could do that like listen to the podcast and it'll come out from the car like my car won't won't do that <laughs> so I was like because I purposely would like be listening to some finance podcasts all day yeah. every day <laughs> yeah what what finance podcast do you like or that you've been listening to recently uh, for a while even before like even before COVID I was like I like Gary Vee stuff like very like inspirational mm-hmm. um Got into Earn Your Leisure, like, late 2019. Definitely 2020 was all about Earn Your Leisure and just uh, everybody that they put on mm-hmm. um, a- afterwards. Um, like, their ecosystem and following everybody that's been on been on the show. Like, uh, Wall Street Trapper, he's... Social workers would like him because he talks a lot about financial trauma and just, like, the hmm. terminology like related to like wall street trapper yeah okay i'll check him out even like his backstory uh how he grew up and did like 10 years in prison and coming and learned about personal finance while in prison and coming out and okay. de- definitely like just the way he speaks delivers like what he talks about is very like anybody can really understand it and you pick up some some if, People who work in substance abuse could pick up some some lingo, know the lingo he talked about, and mm-hmm. use it from what he what he grew up, you no know, selling drugs and stuff, and use that lingo, but in the positive sense about personal mm-hmm. finance. So it's definitely uh, spent a lot of time 
watching his his YouTube videos. Like you gotta watch YouTube. You can't listen to like you can listen to audio, but you not you gotta put the two the the two together. Experience. Yeah, the full experience because yeah. it breaks down charts and okay. write write stuff down, and he just he just he goes in. Cool. I'll check him out. Yeah, so that different stuff, you know, like you know, a bunch of knee stuff, follow, like uh love her. Um Ash Cash. He 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 was one of like my beginning guests on, on the podcast and I've been following him like for years. Uh okay. uh he does like a lot of personal finance stuff, a lot of credit stuff, uh before and now uh, so yeah, it's like a lot of people is always remit remit you who you mentioned. I've re- uh, I saw his uh, Netflix show. They yeah. that that that's how I even heard of him. I had never heard of him before. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was a great show. I really I really appreciated uh, how he brought on you know various people and and talked about talked about their money journeys. Yeah, if if anyone hasn't seen it, it's on Netflix. It's called. Is it called I Will Teach You to Be Rich? I think How to Get Rich, something yeah, like that. Yeah, some yeah, something like that. Yeah, then yeah. I started following him and and I, I seen stuff like uh people going not against it, but like some of some of his teachings or like not you know, there's always the the thing is should you purchase a house or should you rent and like and that's yeah. always that's always gonna be uh I know. I think a hot he, topic. <laughs> yeah, he is definitely very vocal in, in with you know with that subject yeah. in particular, and and just saying that for him, I think for him he just rents and and thinks yeah. that that's the best financial decision for him currently, and is just kind of trying to dispel the myth that you know you're successful when you get a home, and or you're only successful when you're when you get a right. home. It may not be the best financial decision you know for for you and it may not ever be so Mm. I think I've really appreciated like that conversation you know being talked about in the personal finance space because I think there could be a lot of shame with people feeling like that they're never gonna own a home and it might just not be the best financial decision for you right because there's a lot that 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 go goes into it <laughs> like just oh, you, you oh. got some land you gotta like learn how to cut grass or pay for somebody to cut it for you there is a lot you know you're down payment and if you mm. want to do any like home renovations home keep up I have a mm. I have a blog post on my blog about how much money all of the money that we have spent since buying our home in 2020 I think I saw, I think I, I, I saw that that was yeah, it's I mean it's around like forty thousand dollars that we've that we've spent and you know when we were buying our home we were feeling that I feel like we we kind of had that perception of oh my gosh this is a it is a great thing but I think we didn't really know everything that went into home buying and yeah the same the same home buying home owning and thankfully it's it's worked out it's worked yeah. out well us but um yeah there's definitely this this myth of kind of home buying being the the ultimate kind of like financial like step you know yeah because even like last year uh 
towards the end of the summer. It was literally like the last 90 degree day. And our AC, un AC uh, uh, unit oh, went, no. went kaput. Oh no, how much was that? Completely kaput. I had to literally change everything. It was the original that came with the house. So AC heating mm. and, and uh, just everything, the whole, the whole system. How much did it cost to fix it? Almost $9,000. Yeah. And then my neighbor told me next door that he could have like helped me out and got it for like almost five. Because <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> he's into like fixing like houses and stuff. Okay. But still, that yeah. is even $5,000. Yeah. A lot of money. Especially in, when we're in inflation. <laughs> yeah. Or when we don't even have, you know, I wouldn't be able, we wouldn't be able to afford a, a $5,000 home emergency right now. And, and on top of that, the, the, the person said that like the wiring completely like rotted that like luckily it didn't catch fire. <gasps> wow. So, so I would have been like a client, like I need housing myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's stressful. Yeah, I, you know, more the more I learn about personal finance, I have learned that you know it's important for us to have our own emergency funds. But mm -hmm. I've I've learned that you know having a home emergency fund separately, just for home repairs, if your AC goes out or your water heater breaks or something floods, you know, having a set of money, a set amount of money aside to deal with those things. And that's not something that we had thought about when we we're buying the house. Yeah. But now I'm like, if, if we have to pay for a water heater, that's $6,000. That's going on a credit card. And, unfortunately. And, and, right. And then uh, as of this recording, uh, literally this past Sunday, there was a, uh, uh EF1 uh, tornado that touched down maybe like a 15, 20 minute drive from my house. Wow. <laughs> that literally, I've like driven, driven by where, where, where it touched down. So. Wow. <laughs> so I got to deal I'm with that. Glad, you're, <laughs> glad you are okay. Yes. <laughs> so there's all this, all this stuff in terms of, but the reason like I definitely between renting pretty much, you know, my whole life living in an apartment like my whole life and it was like and then like I had a bad experience uh renting an apartment that was inside a kind of two-story house and the neighbors being a, a, a drug addict mm. <laughs> so that that first little taste of, of inside a home but mm -hmm. <laughs> the light the landlord messed it up with his uh, throwing raves uh, like overnight and <laughs> drink drinking and drug parties yeah I mean I I do I do love our home and I it's been really fun being a homeowner because we could just do whatever we want we can paint whatever we want we can mm -hmm. do whatever we want to the yard within reason because we do live in a uh, we have a homeowners association but that's been really great so I don't you know, I don't want to like discount homeowning. We've, we've been very privileged in, in being able to, to get this home and mm -hmm. know that, you know, our mortgage isn't going to be increased, you know, like the, the amount that we're paying is, is what we're going to be paying for 
30 years. And I know that people, you know, have that very real stress of, is my rent going to go up next year? You know, I, I've heard of stories of landlords increasing rent by, you know, $500 and just ridiculous amounts of money. So mm-hmm. definitely, you know, there's some security in, you know, having your home. And so definitely don't want to discount that. One yeah. thing that I was shocked about was I, at the time was making, I think I was making about $56,000 and we were just looking at my income because my husband was still in school and we were able to buy this home for three twenty, dollars and we put, we put like a $15,000 down payment, which came from us canceling our wedding. That was like what, that was wedding savings that we've been, mm-hmm. have been saving for a year and a half or so. And so we decided to use, to use that as a down payment. So we did have a lot of family help with that. So shout out to my family for helping us <laughs> get into this place. But we, sorry, where was I going with that? Um, oh, just, I was really surprised that I, you know, was making $56,000 and was able to qualify for this mortgage. And so I have told people that, you know, I think people just assume that they won't qual- qualify for a mortgage with their salary. Like, oh, I don't make enough, but and the calculators online, like they don't really take into account like your whole financial picture. So just go talk to someone at a bank, like a mortgage, a mortgage lender and mm-hmm. have them like run your real numbers and see if like you even uh, qualify. And we also use this program called Homes for Heroes and social workers are heroes. So they qualify. I think that they're all, they're in all 50 states, but essentially we got assigned, I, you know, signed up and then we got assigned a realtor and she was amazing. And all the realtors that are part of the program give a portion of their commission to back to the buyer or back to, yeah, back to the buyer. So after we closed, we got a percentage of the home uh, purchase back in a check. It was, oh, nice. yeah, it was about like $2,000. So it helped. We needed new furniture. Exactly, new furniture. <laughs> yeah, so Homes for Heroes, definitely, definitely. Uh, I didn't, I wish, I wish I heard about that when I was <laughs> looking. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, trying to buy furniture, actually get the furniture during COVID was not oh. fun. <laughs> yeah. I spent a lot of time sitting on the floor, sitting on the steps, <laughs> on Zoom calls while working <laughs> and oh man. Unpacking. So got got in trouble for like doing a Zoom call on, on my bed at work. Because <laughs> like, oh. I because I forgot. Cause, cause, Cause I didn't know how to how to do Zoom backgrounds. So <laughs> I was like I literally just I didn't even, I didn't even move yet, but it was like staying with family and like everybody was was on was doing their work, so like it was the only yeah. place I could go. So <laughs> you're like, you know what? These are hard times. Like, give me a break, goodness. They're like, Bass, we need to talk with you after the meeting. <laughs> and, I, and and nobody even talked to me directly about it. That was the thing. I was like. Mm. Oh, I heard it was on the bed. <laughs> Don't do that. Oh, like show me how to do a Zoom background. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I see you. 
you got it perfected now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, this is a great conversation. I hope uh, people grab some some gems from this conversation and, and be have more transparent conversations, just, you know, relationships, or you think about getting into relationships, definitely talk about money, talk mm. about debt, because money, yeah. money ruin, can ruin relationships. <laughs> That's one of the, one of the main things people get divorced over is, is finance stuff so uh, and even in school like you know, social workers we need to be in it for the income as much as the outcome um, mm-hmm. and there's, there's money to be had or just use yeah. your skills continue to learn about your transferable skills to do other things and maybe you just quit social work altogether and go into something else because and you use your social work skills and land a better paying job so like who knows so just uh it's always good to think outside the box and try to do a couple of different things. One, lose a job, one in, you got something else on the side to keep uh, keep those bills paid, and uh, we got the student, we got budget for the student loan payments coming up. <laughs> I have learned that social workers, we are so employable. It's it's amazing. I feel I feel so privileged to have this degree because I know that. I will not be without a job for very long. That's one of the things when I'm when I moved to Delaware, I didn't like I knew I was gonna land a job, like get a job mm. somewhere. So I, I really didn't do a lot of research into mm-hmm. what's out there. Like I knew I was gonna take uh have to take a pay cut because of the cost of living was, was cheaper compared to New York. Um and then gave myself like kind of like a reasonable like that's how much I was willing to do a cut just because of the, the cost of living difference so and even though okay, okay for a little bit if you got to take a cut and just come up with a plan that like, I'll be here for a little bit just to get bills paid have a couple dollars in my pocket and until you land the next job make more money so I, I had to do that one time too so it every, Everybody's situation is different. That's like one of the beauties of like personal finance. That's what's called personal finance. It's like personal to you mm-hmm. and like whatever works for you works for you. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank thank you so much for your time and well well t- together we t- together we gonna say save Twitter with the personal finance. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save Twitter. We're saving our social workers. We're <laughs> Making sure they they get the bag and uh, (laughs) can manage their money well. I love it.